I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Lost for Words podcast. I'm joined as ever by Jason. Jason, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm good. We're all back in uh, lockdown of sorts, aren't we? Yeah, so apart from that, I mean, nothing's changed for me. We're all business as usual, so there's no sitting at home while the Masters is on next week. But yeah, apart from that, mate, everything's uh, as good as gold. Yourself? Marvellous, mate. Marvellous. Good. Um, it was a decent week last week, wasn't it, in terms of entertainment value? It was a bunch leaderboard in the Cyprus Challenge. Uh, was it Cyprus Challenge? What is mm-hmm. it even called now? Cyprus Open it was, wasn't it? And we had a, a first-time winner there in Callum Shinkwin, who I know you've been a fan of for quite some time. Um, and Callie Samoya, who I've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast recently. So, you know, there's two players up there that are sort of looking for their first win, and uh, uh, Shinkwin got it done. So, yeah, fair play to him. 63 and 64 by both of them in the final round. So it was a quality play in the end. Uh, a couple of players that you mentioned, obviously, Garrick Higo was third. Sammy Valamaki, we always mentioned, was sixth. Thomas Dietrich again had a chance, didn't he? Um, and hasn't Flatter. quite got the job done, has he? Flatter to deceive, didn't he, Dietrich? Um, it's a shame because you can like there is. I think there's a lot of times where people say, "Oh, they've they've got this quality," um, and everyone sort of says, "Oh, it's easy to say that, but he's not really done it." But he does do it constantly. He's constantly there, in big you know, big tournaments, big fields, and even these tournaments where he should play well, he does play well. Um, but he does. There's just something missing, isn't there? You know. And you kind of forgive him in the first sort of couple of times, and then this sort of time you're looking for him to put a tournament like this away, aren't you? Yeah, you know, he keeps having chances. They've got to do one, haven't they? Um, what can you say? We've said it about a couple of couple of people this year. Um, you know, Dietrich's had at least three chances, proper chances to win. I'm not saying enough. He would have won this one, to be honest. I don't think he was ever close enough to win. He was always just on the fringes, and the pit. I thought that the players in front were always doing just that enough to keep ahead of the challengers the obvious one to mention was Sammy Valamaki who will you know will drive Ben and his supporters absolutely around the twist because obviously we were all on canter last week looked like they were getting their money back plus on Valamaki this week and, and anybody who got the 50s early um, looked a unbelievable bet going into the back nine um, I mean Valamaki I think made one mistake on the whole of his four opening nines in the tournament he was 12 under for his opening nines over the four days if you like um was was bogey free and uh literally from nowhere really um made a very bad uh drive on 13 had a a very misjudged second shot and he was he was lucky to get away with bogey and where everybody else was certainly holding on or making birdies as they were coming home he was he wasn't good i mean he was 19 under going into the 13th um, and when you got the 14th which is birdieable um, and you look at the you know the 17th was a, a it wasn't a simple but it was a birdie chance and obviously 18 is, is a for him is a, is a 100% birdie chance um, 20 would have got him in a playoff 21 would have won uh, five holes to go sitting on 19 you have to say that he should have won it but he he, he has got another chance this week yeah absolutely another person we mentioned um, last week we wanted to see a bit more from was Robert McIntyre wasn't it we'd sort of said that he'd uh, 
not quite done what was expected of him since uh, coming out of lockdown. He played well for a, a large period, but it looked like, again, he was the type of person that sort of stuttered uh, when it comes to being in contention on the final day. Obviously, it was his best round of the week was was the 6-5 on the final day, but it looked like he kind of stalled a little bit once it got a chance for him to win as well. Yeah, he got the ump, didn't he? Yeah, very I, quickly. I just, it was just interesting to see how, how different players reacted. Um I'm sure we'll talk, you know, I mean, Shinkman and Samoa were, were, I thought they were absolutely superb. And I think, you know, anybody that watched, you know, Shinkman looked a completely different player on the greens. He mentioned the fact that him and his caddy are absolutely in tune now on the greens. And that's always been Shinkman's problem. You know, he's let a lot of people down, gone backwards very, very quickly with his short game. Um, okay, the 50-odd foot putt on the last for Eagle. But it was weighted absolutely perfectly. It wasn't short or anything. Um, yeah, and Samoa played played superb as well. Um, I, I just think McIntyre, go back to McIntyre, his attitude, yeah, when it went wrong, it was, um, you can't do that, can you? Um, just as you get excited. You know, how many times do we see a hole in one and then they bogey the next hole, which is probably a par five? Um, that's just getting too excited. And and he got just too grumpy about, you know, slightly... Well, he got very upset about one of his tee shots, didn't he? And I think it was par three, and then swore again once he sort of splash it out of the bunker when he had no yeah, shot as well so it's just it's a worry isn't it when when you know if you get that worked up it's it's hard to keep control you know you still have to play a shot um, and there's other players that you know Valamaki I didn't think or I didn't notice um, getting particularly wound up I mean I, I, you know I would be really angry the way he finished but I, I certainly didn't notice him being wound up um, Garrett Kigo who I'm sure we'll talk about again soon um Mr. Four Foot Putt, uh, I think it was go 17 early or earlier on, then bogeyed 14 from absolutely nowhere. I mean, from the fairway, I, I don't know what he's done there. But look at him, he's, he's finished with three straight birdies. And, and, you know, OK, you can talk about no scar tissue, but McIntyre really hasn't got any either. I mean, he's expected to be a top player in the end. I expect him to win an Open at some point. Um, but it wasn't good to see, was it? I think... I wonder whether he'd have reacted like that if there was fans there. Like I don't like I think because I think we're seeing a lot of things now where like I don't know if Callum Shinkwin and Callum Samoy would have been the two to you know if there was a big crowd there would have the more experienced heads like Donaldson or the winners like Sammy Valamaki would, would they have uh, sort of been the steadier of the lot going into it with fans behind the back and I just wonder whether you know McIntyre may have just tried to sort of pass it off and that would have calmed him down a bit you know if, if fans were there I don't know if that's having an impact because it's certainly affecting the types of winners we're getting isn't it it's interesting yeah, yeah very very possibly I mean that second to 18 which is going to be incredible this week if you know on a on a one round shoot um, that second to 18 is, is, a, is a do or die isn't it you know um, as I say the, the front two, Shinkman and Samoa, played that 18th just just wonderfully. Um, and then you look at somebody, again, we're going to talk about him, Matt Jordan, who finished with bogey, but was a foot away from having a 25-foot eagle putt. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't see those sorts of players sort of backing off that type of shot, whether it affects them. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, who can tell? I'm more interested in seeing somebody like um, Higo and McIntyre Go into go into that type of situation with a crowd behind them, but it looks like we're not going to be seeing that for quite a while, Tom. So we we you know we have what we have, and there we are. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know at the end of the day, we said at the start that we wanted uh, McIntyre to show us more. He did. 
Um, you know, regardless of whether he did stall, maybe when you know right at the, the worst time, he shot 66-65 over the weekend to put himself into contention. So he's certainly done those bit, and it would be no surprise um, should he you know win this week. I think. Um, but what will probably suit, like you said, with that that finishing hole. Um, and there's no doubt about it. You're going to have to go for it, aren't you, this week? It's, going to have to, it's all going to have to be sort of lights out. You've got to shoot low scores every day to even have a chance of doing anything. Um, that's going to change your mindset, isn't it? Whereas some people will try and sort of play steady Thursday, Friday, not try and get too uh, ahead of themselves or come down Sunday and try and hold on to a position. You just can't do that in this type of event, can you? No, it's, it's really interesting. I mean... Um... We talk about the last hole. I mean, we'll talk about all the par fives. Um, Shinkwin, Samaya, uh, Rob McIntyre and Jason Scrivener were all uh, 13 under for the par fives during the week. Bear in mind, the front two only shot a total of, of 20 under. Um, you know, that shows just how much of an influence those par fives are. Um, you go back to Gary Kigo again. He was 12 under for the par fives, finished 18. Um, so it's going to be absolutely huge. Um, the third... I think they played it to 627 yards or something on Sunday, but look down your list, you know, apart from Thomas Dietry with a seven, um, there's plenty of birdies up there. Um, you know, 99% couldn't reach that anyway. So it proves just how good their, their chipping was. I know that the, um, the pin was in quite a favorable place on Sunday, but it, I thought it actually just like Italy last week, I thought it was going to be quite a dull tournament. And, um, there are holes that you have to be careful with. And I thought it was really interesting. I mean, if the wind changes, then I suppose that the event becomes completely different. Um, certainly through the first three rounds, I think eight of the opening nine holes are playing under par. So, um, you know, you have to make your score. And if it's that like that this week, when um, obviously if people know now there's, there's a tournament Thursday and Friday, they make a cut on Friday night where the top 32 go through. Um, they reset the scores. Um, 32 go through on Saturday and the top 16 from there. So that's going to be nerve wracking. Then go through to a Sunday shootout where they reset the scores again. So I, I don't know how they're going to approach it. Absolutely no idea. There's no handicapping system. You could, you know, you could win the first two days by 20 shots and you still get reset. You could win the second game by second uh, Saturday by 20 shots and they'll still reset it. So what do you do? Um, for me, I've looked at it as a, a 36-hole tournament until Friday night and then go again after that because I've just got no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? You know, at first you kind of you kind of look at it and you go, you know, are they trying too hard to to reinvent something that, you know, doesn't need to be reinvented? And I think that's a sort of Celtic manner. I know they sort of changed up the, the test, if you like, but it was on the same golf course. And maybe they've just gone, right, we don't want another back-to-back on the same golf course. It's just four rounds. So we'll try, and, we'll try something here. And, and I think I think the actual event itself as a viewing spectacle will be really interesting. I think it will, it will make for good fun. I think the fact that, you know, people can do something on the first two days um, you know, it's probably not too dissimilar to shooting 64, 64, and then doing nothing over the weekend. Really, it's just that you, you know, you won't have a chance if you don't do that. So, um, yeah, I think it'd be a great viewing event. I'm not sure of it about it as a betting prospect, which is why we'll sort of keep this short, I believe. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that it's uh, because, like you say, it was it was entertaining last week, and I think that a lot of the players that were up there we expected to be up there. 
Um, you know, the Aman open link that we sort of made sort of fitted with Valamaki. Sadio was up there who fits that bill. Um, you know, it, it made an awful lot of sense to me as, a, as an event. And and I thought the course held up well. I think it held up, you know, although, yes, 20 under one. Uh, and that's slightly on the low scoring side. I don't think that's, you know, a, an overpowered goal force as such. I think that's just for, you know, a, a group of guys playing really well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was a long golf course, and it they needed buggies for, for half the half the holes. But like you say, you know, they wouldn't have come here on a normal European European tour. I, I don't know whether we could do any comparison to like having. Um, I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about selections in a minute. Um, whether you can talk about any comparison to to like um, Celtic Manor having those two weeks and how people performed coming off of that. I don't know. It's completely different, isn't it? It's a lovely holiday spot. It's really nice weather at the moment. Um, I, I would imagine if they're going to be playing their eighth, ninth, tenth round by the time they start on Thursday. So there's no secrets for many of these. Um, we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of players are going to come on from it. I, I've got. I've personally, like I said, I said to you earlier, I've got to stick with that par five because I think it's such an influence over the overall um, leaderboard. Even if we go in the first two rounds, you know, um, Shinks is five under, Samoa's five under, McIntyre's six. Higo, seven. Um, it's going to be huge. You know, I think you're looking at five or six under maybe winning each day, something like that, really. Something, maybe 10 under leading at the end of 32, uh, 36, sorry. Um, yeah, so I, I just think that's, that's they're the type of, of figures we need to be looking at. Could be right, could be wrong. Neither of us are going to play really big. But, um, you know, we've got to have a punt, haven't we, because that's what we do. Do you think there'll be much difference from, you know, it's, it's, I suppose it's impossible to say, but do you, do you expect the similar names to be up there as they were over the past weekend? So we're expecting Higo, McIntyre, Samoya, yeah, absolutely. Valamaki all up there again, aren't we? Dietrich yeah, again, you'd think yeah. you'd feature. Yeah, I, I think they think that, because I think, I just think that overriding bias towards, you know, those four holes is, is clear to me. And, um, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And, and, Hey ho! I mean, there are another couple as well that we will talk about. I'm sure very shortly. That you know were I wouldn't say unlucky. That probably dropped a couple of holes. That a uh, couple of shots that that hopefully people didn't see. <laughs> um, I mean, I wouldn't you know fair play to Marcus Armitage and his attitude. You know, it's it's a great attitude, but um, he's a bit too loose for me. But again, he hit double on 18 uh, or you know his 72nd hole, which so he would have been definitely top 10. But I think. We know from his the way he plays and his record that we couldn't trust him to get it done anyway. It's, it's unfortunately a bad thing to say. So if he's listening or his mum's listening, but you know that's what I expect. Whereas there, I think there are another couple um, that that could play a little bit better than their price, but they're betting 31 the field or whatever it is. So and there's only 105 in it. So it wouldn't surprise me anybody done anything. You know they're all playing well um, or well enough. Um, they've all got capabilities. But I would expect those that were prominent last week and, and now know how to play the par fives and that 14th, for example, I expect them to dominate here. Yeah, yeah and it's interesting you mention Armitage because I was sort of going to bring him up. I think that a lot of people love his attitude. We've spoken about him before. Um, I, I think that there's too, think too do, much do. into it. He's... <laughs> you don't, do you? No. I'm not going to repeat what messages you send. But... No, I just... I just find it a bit too much. Like I find it 
uh, I think that the way he kind of looks at golf is he's just happy to be there, which is which is fine. It's really good for him um, that he's happy. And you know, I think he did the interview and he was saying about you know it's meant to be in con- you know contention, and, and he was just happy with it. And I was sitting there thinking, yeah, but you should you should be wanting to win it because he's obviously good enough. He's obviously got mm. the ability yeah, in the world. He shot 66-64, finished 12, shooting 70-70 over the weekend. So he is good enough. Has he got the, the killer instinct to go on and win it? You know, we'll find out when he gets himself right in the right in the thick of it, I suppose, because he always seems to sort of play well without ever really, um, really having a, a great chance, I suppose. He either gets himself up there early and fades quite quickly or... Um, isn't really right in the mix as it is, but you just look at the likes of. I mean, you talk about Higo um, and Valamaki, but they both are just. They want to win and win now. Um, Dietrich, he you know he keeps sort of blowing chances, but he he looks like he's got that in him. Uh, you see these people that are desperate to win, and there's there's too many players like that. McIntyre will be, I imagine, once he gets going, that really want to do that, and and he just looks at me and say, "Well, yeah, no, I've played well this week. That's another." whatever, 30 grand, 40 grand, 50 grand, whatever it is that he wins. And he's just grateful to be there, I think. And that, that might be just what's holding him back from, from going into wins and things like that. Maybe. Maybe we don't know. We're speculating, aren't we? I mean, you talk about Dietrich. I think Dietrich tries too hard. I think he expects to win more than he does. And now he's getting, now he's, now he's sort of getting in the position where he could be kicking on. I, I genuinely think he just, yeah, I, it, he does. I think he tries too hard and that that's what's causing the mistakes. And, I think that's the thing of because people just talk him up, don't they? The people people talk him up as someone that that sh, you know, and they anoint him as a winner before he is one. You know, he's guaranteed to be a winner, deserves to be a winner, etc. And you know, you hear all that and think, yeah, well, I do, and it sort of owes him something like that. I would say this week that you know, thirty to one in in this sort of field's pretty uh, pretty good value, I would say, if you, if you do like Thomas Dietrich, um, and it kind of just highlights what we're dealing with as an event that they're kind of all over the place with 30 to the field but because uh, that's how volatile it is isn't it as a test like there's no way you can make anyone a short price favorite this week oh no you make you make an error i mean that you know you make you make double bogey on a friday normally okay you've got you know what at 36 40 holes to come back and there are eagle and birdie opportunities on this course um you do that on friday and you go from 18th to 40th and you're going home so yeah, it'd be a very, very interesting. I mean, you know, Valimaki, I'm sh- again, I'm sure we're going to talk about. He, he. I think they, they were talking about the fact that he'd got rid of half his team that were hang- that were hanging. Sorry, helping him. Um, and uh, you know, he felt a bit, bit happier. Um, lots of little, little changes, I suppose. You, you know, some, some we don't hear about until too late. You know, but yeah, you know, of the players we've spoken about, I think Dietrich looks like he's trying too hard and. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come. He's, he's good enough, isn't he? But he's making too many mistakes. Uh, uh, you're right, the 30 to 1, because what price would he be in the 72 hole yeah, event? Exactly. Be half um, so if he does get through, I mean, you can. Again, this this is possibly one to play on Betfair, again, um, even at the shorter prices. Because if Dietrich gets through, you know, you're, you're going to be having 14 to 1 for nothing, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and all he's got to do is, and all you're doing is betting each way, first 32, aren't you, really? Yeah, I think we'll lead us off. I'll go. I'm going to just put out that Sammy Valamaki will be my selection. Just I, I liked his chances last week. He just had a massive price crash, didn't he, during our, our recording? Um, but he's been sensational this season. I mean, you've you've been a big fan of his all the way through. 
Um, but he won in Amman, which I put as a massive pointer for this. I thought, um, you know, 6th and 2nd at Celtic Manor, 10th in Valderrama, 13th and 6th the last two starts. I don't know what else he really needs to do. Um, as you say, he made a crucial error coming down the stretch, but I don't think that's anything that will stop him coming back again. Um, I think it was basically, you know, it was one of those shots where you go, where the hell did that come from? Um, compounds it with another bad shot and and unfortunately didn't get away with it and that's just the fine lines when when it's a low scoring event but I don't think it's going to bother him I don't think it's one of those ones where he's blown a you know he obviously did blow a chance to be fair but he you know it happens I think he's fine I think he'll come back again and I think he'll learn from it rather than uh, than dwell on it yeah brilliant player brilliant putter um I mean, it's really great. Yeah, I mean, churlish to uh, to point out that he went backwards in strokes gained over the four days. Um, yeah, you know, he, he, but he is he is an awesome player. This course has to fit. You're right to give the course comparisons. Um, I mean, it, I'm, I'm not saying so. It's not a worry that he, he gave it away last week. Um, but, He's entitled to be there, as you rightly say. You know, we pointed out Valderrama, despite the fact that um, just because of the designer element, um, but it has, you know, it has worked. Just uh, if this is going to be absolutely nothing to do with it other than just pure speculation, but interesting that he went sixth and then second at Celtic Manor and was sixth here and then gets another repeat go this week. Mm. So maybe he comes second. There's something in the stars, but um, yeah, why not? Why not? You know, 30 or one. Um, you, you can't see him out of the first 32 of the 105, especially given the way he putts. There's a lot of weak putters here. Um, so, yeah, can't argue with you. Why not? I'll put it this way as well. You mentioned about how much you're favouring the par 5 statistics and you, you, you pointed out the four that led it on the, the average score of 4.19 throughout the week and he was 4.38 throughout the week. So he was 16th in the par 5 scoring. So, you know, you'd expect him to do slightly better than that and being near the top of the field in par 5 scoring. He's got the, the firepower to do that. So that could be the difference between him you know, winning and losing, couldn't it? So if that is you know, something that just very quickly can change based on one hole um, or two holes throughout the week, mm. then then that's it for me. So I think you wanted to talk about something else at a similar price as well. I think Garrick Higgos. <laughs> I said it last week, and, and I'm, I'm so glad that he proved it because I could look silly. I think he's brilliant and that's it um but i think he's the next south african major winner um i'm not going overboard he really is um yeah i I, I don't know what more you want from a young player really um yeah everyone was having a go because he he, you know that that portuguese open was um you know a challenge tour and a quite a weak one at that but what do you want you know he's won what more do you want him to do He's come out, performed great at Scotland. His figures are great. Um, Wentworth, first time round, 27th, played perfectly well there. In fact, his figures aren't aren't that great there um, for him. And then last week, I, I thought he'd go well. And, and yeah, I mean, 68, 66, 67, 65, 12 under for the par fives. But for me, what it was was his attitude. It was it was just superb. He made two errors. I don't know if you've said this in his programme or whether it was before. <laughs> he made two errors. Um bogeyed 14 from absolutely nowhere got no idea what happened because you know they were showing i don't know whatever they were showing on telly at the time um mr four foot putt uh for birdie a couple of holes before that and i thought well 
you know, okay, he's gone. He's he's out. I mean, I jumped on at halfway, and I thought he'd, he'd completely gone. Um, would have returned I don't know, eighth, ninth, tenth in the field, and he's come back with three straight birdies to to hit 65. I don't know what you want. I mean, throughout the season, he's third in uh, strokes gained approach. He's third in birdies made. He's just outside the top 20 in par fours. He's fifth in the par fives. Um, strokes gained patting. Is he ninth? I think he's, yeah. straight, I think he's ninth in strokes gained patting. If you want someone that can start a tournament quickly, um, he started 68 before he was fourth in Portugal. 68. He missed the cut in Ireland, believably, but he started with a 68. Wentworth started with 69th to finish 16th um, and uh, 68th in somewhere else because I've clicked the wrong screen now. Um, so yeah, 68th last week uh, where he's gone 27th, 12th, 7th and 3rd over the weekend. I, I genuinely don't know how anyone can find a weakness in what he's doing. Every shot he takes is... If he's short, it's bang on line. Um, he's not scared of putting to the hole. You know, I, I could look silly here, but whether it's this week, next week, next year, I don't care. The, the kid's going to be brilliant. Yeah, and I think what was the thing last week was obviously there was a big focus on the fact that he was quite a bit shorter than people wanted him to be. And I think that was one of those ones where if you believe they're they're good enough, you sometimes you just have to swallow the price, don't you? And he's shown it this week or last week. So, and he's you know not the bad price at all this week. So you might as well just go in just based on talent alone, really. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. Whether third, I mean, I don't know. That this is, we don't know. Um, would I take thirty or one in a in a four round full event field? Yeah, probably. Um, I do think he's capable of, of being the likes of Valamaki. Um, Dietrich, Dietrich isn't doing it. Yeah, I wouldn't have any particular worries. He was going head to head against him at the moment. Um, and you looked at. We're not going to go through the list, but okay, Rasmus is is. You know, you you rightly said to be fair. Every week we go, oh, this one's the next one. Oh, this one's the next one. Oh, this one's the next one. And you are right to say that. Um, but he has got something. I mean, he he done a lot at home before he came over. Um, you know, he he became the best that they've got over there. Um, yeah, and now he's here. And and I'm just. I think you're just waiting for him to to get his win. Absolutely. Look, I literally haven't got any other picks at all in the event i don't i don't particularly like the idea of, of betting on the event so much i just think that uh i want an opportunity to back Banamaki before he wins again and, and i think this is probably his best bet um clemens Day played better than his odds yeah, suggest exactly. last week um and could go well again um it's 125 to one but you you know you're taking even more you know speculative look at an event than you did last week so um i'm happy enough to, to leave that out is there any more you wanted to mention uh, Matt Jordan played really, really well last week. I know you've been saying um, you thought he was a bit short yeah. um, over the last um, few weeks, really. But I think he's he's getting close to I'm not sorry, he's getting close to justifying it. I think um, I think it is potential. They do price it on potential, uh, but he was great last week. Um, you know that 66 should have been a 64. He was I think a foot and a half, two foot away from landing his second on the final green to 25 feet which perhaps a certain birdie. Um, he's improving all the time. He improved at Kelwick Manor, uh, 47th one week to third the next. So if he can improve on the 13th here, we'll go very, very close. Um, got some terrific opening rounds as well. 66, 66, uh, 69, 68. 
so he can start fast. He's 12th in par five scoring, which I think is very, very important. Um, yeah, again, he's another one. He's another maiden. We had two maidens of this in this class last week fighting it out, although they obviously had wins in, in lesser grade. Um, Matt Jordan, Garrett Kigo, um, they look too that, you know, why not? They could follow in their in their footsteps, you know, no question. So he's one that I'd, I'd be interested in. Again, I'd like to say, I, I may well play all these on Betfair and just hope they get through and get out of it and just watch watch them run free. I'm not, I'm not quite sure at the moment. A um, couple of others uh, we spoke about earlier. Jason Scriven, I'm really interested in. I thought he played fantastic over the weekend. He was 13th. Um, sorry, he was 13 under for the par fives as well last week um, and finished 17 under. He's been very, very quietly doing something, hasn't he? He's been, you know, won a bit over there in, in, in his homeland. Um, I don't know, he's, a sort of play, he's not a very fashionable player, is he? So his name never really comes up. Um, but he's playing terrific, you know, terrifically well. You know, uh, 14th and 8th at Celtic Manor, another one that improved for the look over there. Um, eighth in the Portugal Masters, which is decent. Um, went missing for three weeks. I haven't looked to find out why. And then last week improved 70, 66, 67, 64. Could have been even better over the weekend, to be honest. Uh, very, very impressive performance. Bogey free Sunday. Um, and I thought he at 50-odd, uh, was it? Yeah. Something like that, I think yeah. he is. Um, so he's around 50s um, on the 36 holes. I thought he, he'll he definitely exploit the par fives as well. So he was one that I, I quite liked at 50s. Um, looked at Juice, Juice Loughton, um, but his par five performance is shocking, but his other figures are great, but I can't have him. Um, Sadier I looked at because, again, his last opening four performance has been good, but his par fives are crap. The only other one that I was quite interested in that I may look at as first round lead, although this is pure speculation, is Adrian Moronk. Um, okay. big hitter um, well, exactly, wasn't exactly flying last week but um, you know there we are um, another one that may come on for it I don't know he's he's impossible to predict open for 75 second round 65 so you know nobody knows what he's going to do what we do know is that you know he hits the ball in an absolute mighty way and he's, he's opening rounds he's got a 67 Italy 68 Scotland he went 69 66 in Portugal, 66 in Wales, and 66, I think, at Hanbury Manor. Um, so he can open up and he can shoot low, and he may be one worth looking at um, just because. Uh, why not? Um, I think you're going to have to start fast, aren't you? It's just whether this week means that, do you know what I mean? The week being in the same place, how many rounds have they had? It's not as if they're coming here on Monday, having one round on Tuesday, a walk around Wednesday and playing. They've had a lot of time to to play around. So whether that is any any significance that he normally opens up quickly, I don't know. But I, I'm quite prepared to take the chance. I, I can't remember what price is because I keep flicking between the uh, 36 and the overall. No, <laughs> whatever price. 66. Yeah. Moronki 70. 70. 70 for the for the um, for the first 32, uh, first 36 holes. Um, that's fine. I haven't got any problem with that. I, he's the sort of one that will sort of finish third after 36 and then finish 32nd the next day. Uh, but I just think those opening rounds are maybe significant, as is his length. So, yeah, that that would do me for, for over there. But, you know, anybody could put anything up and you're probably right. 
Dale yeah. Whitnell's playing well, isn't he? Yeah, Dale he Whitnell's is. playing really, really well. Um, again, 80, 85. I, I don't think you can argue, really. Somebody wants to put... Toby's playing well. I, I messaged him over the weekend. He's not happy with his putting. But again, he you know he can hit the ball. Has been a fast starter. You know, you could say it all, couldn't you? Gary Porter's played well a couple of weeks ago. I think when you start getting after that, you start questioning whether any of these can actually do anything. But, but you know, why not? Tapio Cannon boots the ball a mile. Stephen Brown looked like he was doing something, didn't he? Yeah, gave it away. You know, we're not doing Richard Bland. But, um, <laughs> you know, Campillo's better than he was showing, but this isn't his course. He showed that the other day. But there we are. The one I was going to mention in terms of quick starts was that Johannes Veerman, he obviously shot the 64 yeah. last week, um, seems to be playing some good golf. Uh, generally every time he tees it up for at least a couple of rounds um, maybe one for the future not sure if he's done enough after that opening round to really suggest that he's nails on this week but we'll go on to the Houston Open which is it's changing course this year um, it's actually in the Houston area for once which is always nice uh, Memorial Park it's a municipal course Renovated by Tom Doak, who designed a Renaissance club for the 2019 and 2020 Scottish Opens. Uh, he widened the fairways, removed trees, and reduced all the bunkers to 19 bunkers. So we're about to find out whether, uh, you know, because I think that's a bit more towards a modern test of us saying, you know, bunkers are almost pointless. Um, fairways don't particularly need to be narrow. They're just maybe a bit more penal when you get off there. Um, and I think the trees are more to do with just generally how he's got to move about the things but for him i think that green complex is a the really important thing and i think that's what he's going to use as his defense this week bermuda grass absolutely everywhere uh, greens fairways etc um so in terms of uh, guesses he was a uh, student of pete dies if you like um bermuda grass angle as well so it's a sawgrass it's pj west for the american express and uh, desert classic whatever you want to call that event now and sedgefield which is the Wyndham championship it's bermuda everywhere as well so they were the sort of courses i looked at you pointed out to me obviously your short game is going to be important isn't it because of the runoff areas that's the only thing they're sort of trying to mimic because obviously it's bent grass uh you know in augusta you're not really going to get the sort of same grass type but the runoff area is going to be important there So you're doing Houston this week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I think he's absolutely right. It was a fascinating little bit of an interview with him um, where he says he asked Brooks Kepka about the bunkers and Kepka couldn't give a monkeys about the bunkers. You know, basically said they're pointless. We, we've we actually agreed with that. For I mean, to be fair, the last couple of weeks on the European tour, the bunkers have been a little bit more penal. Yeah. Um, they've been sort of, you know, decent bunkers. If you're on the wrong side of those, it is really difficult. Um but bunkers in America, are they're pointless, aren't they, on the PGA Tour, um, to be honest with you. you. You know, when players aim for bunkers by the green, then you know that they're not an issue. They're not worried about them, are they? No, they're not worried. So brilliant. Well done, you know, Brooks. He doesn't give a monkeys about anybody, does he? Um, you know, he said, he said do it, and they have. And um, good luck. It's, it's, it, it, it will be a better test of a short game than, you know, then it will be the bunkers. This is this is going to test them properly. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll roll along with you. I think you you said players' heritage, that type of that type of track, bit of wind. Um, so yeah, yeah, roll along, you Tom. Yeah. I think what will be interesting is how much uh, input Brooks did really have. I mean, when the, we hear Tom Doak and he says that uh, Brooks was really good, he actually 
emailed him during the, the I think it was the CJ Cup that he won a couple of years ago um, to give him his answers back about the course design. He had question marks on. Um, and then you read into it and you read why Kepka was chosen. It's because he's a mate of the guy that put all the money in. So you don't know quite you know whether he is that interested in it but if he is i mean i think that he's the type of person that would be kind of interested in golf course time without you know people expecting him to be just because of his, his attitude towards golf in general um but you know I, i'd be interested to see how he gets on because i think that he generally can play some really good golf prior to a major he's shown that in the past uh and he hasn't you know he's not been terrible he played pretty well in his last outing for for a fair bit of it and um, he's got three runner-up finishes in Texas. Uh, Texas Open, uh, the Fort Worth Invitational, and the Byron Nelson. Byron Nelson, he lost to playoff to Sergio Garcia. Texas Open, he lost by one shot to Kevin Chappell when he won there. Uh, and lost by three strokes to Justin Rose in the Fort Worth Invitational. So he obviously likes the area. 20-1 uh, to one about a player that obviously wins majors at a clip better than more better than others win you know regular events is uh, is an interesting price i don't i think he's actually priced that because people don't think he wins regular events is that is that something you agree with i can't back him i can't back him at all I, I don't understand how he can um i want to see a lot more um i mean first of all he's got to be able to get out of bed first before he answers his questions um so that'd be useful I don't know if you saw that clip um just lying in bed yeah um but anyway you know he doesn't give a monkey's what i think so it's fine no i couldn't be on at 20 to 1 i want to see a lot more um so i've absolutely no interest the thing is i mean he, you know second in the wgc should have finished a lot higher up in the pga championship so he's obviously there the game the game is there it's just how motivated he is before augusta next week um Dustin Johnson is just gearing up for Augusta, so I don't expect him to to go great guns here. Tyrrell Hatton, um, he's playing a lot of golf, isn't he? He's you know eventually he's going to burn out of the thought. Hideki uh, will finish twentieth, <laughs> so that's, you know that's already lined up. Tony Finau will finish tenth because he's top ten. Tony, uh, Victor Hovland, you know, labelled the next big thing. Obviously, is very good, but doesn't seem to you know getting contention as much as you sort of expect him to. And then you get down to Russell Henley that absolutely owns the Houston Open, albeit a different event, uh, 7th, 4th, 1st, 5th and 8th in five consecutive Houston Opens. So he obviously likes the area. Whether he likes the course is, remains to be seen. But uh, he loves Bermuda grass, sit for the Travellers, which is a Pete Dye course. Um, four top nines in his recent starts, including back-to-back top fours, the last two. Top 10 in approach and scrambling, which is obviously good for the short game yeah. angle you're going for. Um, sort of smells a bit like Harris English when we were saying that he needs to sort of take advantage of some great form um, because this is, again, this is the best he's played in a long, long time. His putting that had deserted him is now back. I do agree with the sentiment that 25 to 1 seems short and people are sort of basing it on his Houston Open form as opposed to his oh, know, I don't know. general yeah, form. But I don't mm. know what price, you know, he's playing brilliant golf. Yeah, like, I, I, he's the most I, informed player in the field. So apart from Dustin, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think my only gripe was, you know, although he hit sixty-six in the final round last time, is is he was in a position to win, wasn't he? Yeah, that was um, worrying. He didn't, but he's he's, you know, his iron game's in absolutely fantastic shape, and if that means he he avoids the the little swales and the little runoff areas, you know, um, it's going to. 
doing the world a good. And yeah, I agree with you. I, I, you know, it's seven thousand four hundred. But I don't think it's going to make any difference, is it? Half the time the wind's going to be with them anyway. Yeah. Um, I'll make a claim that I expect him to finish in front of Brooks this week. I, yeah, I think, I think what it is is that, um, like you said, the iron game is there, and that's the one you need to follow the most. Like driving generally comes back depending on where you're playing. You know how claustrophobic you feel off the tee, etc. Putting comes and goes depending on green surfaces. He loves Bermuda, so you'd expect him to go well, and he's found it in recent weeks. As long as your iron play is there, um, you're going to have a chance. You're going to give yourself chances whether you take them. Um, so. I don't know if I want to take the 25 to 1, but I don't know what else you can make of him, so I'll come back to him later on. Six um, and six in strokes gained approach this year, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, overall. It's, so, it's yeah, superb it's, figures. Yeah. And I just, you know, third and fourth in his last two starts, so what's, you know, what, what can you do? Um, the first name I sort of came to outside of those favourites was Siwoo Kim. Um, he lives in Texas. He's won at Sawgrass and Sedgefield, and as a record in Sedgefield, you know, he should have won twice. He's got a third, a first, a third, and a fifth. Uh, he was second at the Heritage. He was fourth at the Valero, which is another Texas-based event. Um, and he's only got one missed cut in the last 14 events since finishing 11th at the Travellers. And there's been six top 18 finishes in there, which is a consistency we never see from him, um, which really sort of caught my eye. And I just think that that record in those sort of events, especially the one where he sort of went close in the Valero and probably should have won, Obviously, a home game, if you like. It just it just strikes me. I think when with Kim, it was always the, the volatility. You didn't know which one you were going to get. Um, he was 66-1. When we started talking, he's now 50. So, um, you know, whether you take that or not, I still think there's, you know, value in, you know, 50-1 to one at seven places. So, yeah, he was, the, he was the first. Well, he was one of the two that caught my eye straight off the bat. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you've you've brought him up and sung J.M. And, and, you know, numerous times this year, haven't you? Mm. Um, and, and the struggle was finding when they were going to when they were going to strike form and actually keep it. And yeah, I agree. He's, he's you know, he's playing very, very well. Um, yeah, got the heritage form that you want. Heritage, you know, naturally falls in with, with the various other tournaments that he's done well in. You know, done well at Hawaii, he's, Texas, as you rightly say, he's got no problem with wind. Um, well, he might have, but... I'm not a doctor. Uh, <laughs> cheap gag there, sorry. Uh, We're going to need all those sort of jokes. I'm going to need now, them so. on Wednesday, folks, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, playing really, really well. It, it, I, I struggle to, to like him in terms of, of sort of win potential, but that's just me. Um, again, but I think that was the case fixed. where you didn't know what he was going to do, but you know, when right. you look at what he has won, you know, he's won the players, which yeah, which works, all works perfectly, um, yeah. You know, he's won the Wyndham and he should have won the Heritage. He lost to Kodaira in a playoff. Um, you know, it you know, should have, would have, could have type of thing. But yeah, you he's don't... very close to having five wins, really, isn't he? Four, he is. I, I think you don't know what he's going to do. I think that's exactly right. I think if you look at his stats, he, he, it's sometimes amazing and sometimes dire, isn't he? Um, yeah, he's never there a season ending in high in anything, is he? No, you, no you don't know. Absolutely right. But yeah, I mean, you know, approach, I think we've... You know, we want to look at approach, don't we, this week? Yeah. Um, we need to be accurate. Yeah, third at the Wyndham, fourth in the CJ Cup, and then he comes out and, like, he's 59th at the Easy Shriners, 68th at Simple Safeway. <sighs> yeah, yeah, why not? But, you know, if, we, if we're considering that, and I don't like 
uh, Brooks uh, this week. So if we're considering the top half a dozen aren't going to win or, or too short or whatever way you want to look at it, yeah, he's a winner. He likes the conditions or we think he likes the conditions. Yeah, why not? Fair enough. Not arguing. Um, you like another guy in this sort of area as well, a former major winner? Uh, Zach Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Um, really good golf, isn't he? We, we spoke about it. We, we sort of wanted him to be there at um, Shadow Creek, didn't we? Not Shadow Creek. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've, put him up a, you've put him up a couple of times um, this year. Um, I haven't, but he, he's now showing that consistency that um, you want to see. I've got this bizarre theory <laughs> that you know. It's, it's a pure speculation, but obviously he was very, very emotional at winning the Payne Stewart Award, which went out in the media at the beginning of August. And since August, he's playing really, really well. Um, it may have absolutely nothing to do with it. It probably hasn't, but it's there and, and I'll put it up. Um, yeah, you know, we know that he, you know, look, there's him and the other fellow that I like this week. There's no secrets. They, they both like, well, they like any conditions, don't they? But they can play in major class. They like the wind. They've got form in similar, you know, they've got form all over Texas, uh, players, etc. Um, I thought 55 to 1 first eight in a field that, of which a lot of them are questionable. Um, we don't know what they're going to do. And, and you rightly point out the fact, you know, things like Shane Lowry's not playing well. He's 66. Jordan Spieth is as short as 45. He's 66 in a place. I mean, he can't do anything at the moment. Um <laughs> You know, let's face it, Adam Scott, although although full credit to him, he, you know, he'd, he'd love this sort of test. Is it really? We don't, don't know if he's that interested in doing it or not, to be honest. You, we'd imagine that he's teeing up for next week, wouldn't we? Don't think he's bothered about winning this this no, week. No, he doesn't care. Sweet. No, he's 33. He does play well in Texas, though, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. No, he does play well. I'm, I'm just saying, is he that fussed when he gets his cheating no. stick out, right? Is he going to be that bothered? <laughs> um, somebody else brought that up this week, didn't they, about that? Who brought it up? I thought no, it was quite sure. right. A pro brought it up about about the um, about the length of the putters. But anyway, I'll find that. Um, so I thought Zach Johnson, 55 to 1 first eight in an event that I'm not that fussed about, to be honest with you, was fair. Um, yeah, conditions should suit just as much as they do um, Siwoo Kim. Um, and he's playing well as well. So And he's, big, he's, you know, he's been consistent. So I, I won't necessarily want him to have too many chips from off the green. Um, but let's hope he doesn't need them. I think also the fact that you know the the runoff areas here are the the sort of only characteristic that should be the sort of same as the um, the Masters, and obviously yeah. he's a winner there, isn't he? So you know, yeah. I mean, but how fast are the greens going to be this week? Well, they Quick, said they they? Be, yeah, slightly like uh, like the Augusta. They hope it's twelve and a half. Yeah, I think, exactly. we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. I, I, it's fair. He's top twenty, top twenty in uh, strokes gained approach. Um, yeah, that uh, that also oh, top thirty strokes gained approach, top twenty strokes gained putting this year, um, and that looks reasonable combination for this sort of test. You take encouragement from the fact that three of the eight winners, uh, you know, in this new season have been over forty. Yes, I was uh, going to say the inspiration. Stuart and Sink, haven't they? I mean, I, you know, sometimes these inspiration angles can go a bit too far. People get mocked for them, but there is a thing in there. Um, and you know when you start seeing Stuart Sink who we're going to go on to and talk about Sergio is supposed to slightly different cases he's obviously been a world class golfer for a long time never stopped winning Brian Gay 48 wins last week and of course that you know, suits him once you get an event that suits you doesn't, age doesn't seem to be a barrier especially in this type of season and uh, Zach Johnson especially Stuart Sink in terms of his form at the moment you wouldn't, be, uh, you wouldn't put it past either of them to win would you? 
no, well, six might have the selection, as you know. <laughs> um, so, no, I wouldn't. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, you know, obviously, Sink completely bounced back to form um, this year, particularly, you know, after lockdown. Um, playing with his son on his bag, etc., etc. Well, I think that's um, had a massive influence, hasn't it? But I think that has, you know, I think he's just got this kind of comfortability with his son that he, I think I read a quote that basically said that half of his genes or half of his mind is is the same as Stuart. So obviously they're going to get on, you know, on the course. And <laughs> he just enjoy. I think he's just enjoying the fact that he's going to get to share these latter years of his career when he's in form with his with his son on the bag and showing the ropes a bit. Yeah, he came off it, didn't he, at, at um, Shriners, didn't he? Um, he poorly, didn't he? And he played, yeah, he hit 81 final round. And we, we talked about this last, because, you know, I fancied Sink a bit last week. Um, and we spoke about, you know, that's one round in in 12. Um, what do we do about it? And, you know, to be honest, he, he last week, he, you know, was a fast finishing, uh, fourth finishing with a 64. It was a, it was a fantastic effort. Um He's absolutely flying. Again, like Johnson, absolutely no secrets. You know exactly what he's going to do. He's a major winner. You know, he's won at the right place. He's won at Heritage twice, I think, hasn't he? I think. Yes. Um, you know, and I... I he loves Pete Dye courses, doesn't he? It's yeah, just... And he's playing... He's, he's fly, you know, the bloke is flying. Um, I mean, I know what you say about the inspiration, but, you know, I don't know if Brian Gay wasn't inspired by Stuart Sink winning. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying... It's not that they're being inspired, but I suppose they see it. And they go, oh, well, you know. Why can't okay. I? <laughs> it's, I'm not just going to plod around for three and a half grand finishing in 64th every week. You know, I can actually win it if I find something. And we've discussed it numerous times. The difference between up there and 65th is two shots around. Mm. Um, bit of confidence behind you and, and boom. And 80 to one for Sink, the way he's playing. First eight is absolute nonsense. I, I, you know, I, I, that's disrespectful. I mean, even in comparison thing, to what Zach Johnson's doing. Yeah. Zach Johnson's 55 and Stuart Sink's 80s. I, I have no idea why they're 25 points apart. It's just forgetting the fact that, you know, these 40 plus, you know, year olds are doing so well on the PGA Tour at the moment. 17th for the workday, wins the Safeway, 12th at Sanderson's, 4th at Bermuda. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what anyone else is doing, is it? It's what he's doing. No, he's and now he's... going to come on a course that should suit, you know. He's top 20 in total driving, so that should set him up for, you know, he's long enough as well, even at his age. You know, he's he's plenty long enough. He's top 25 in distance, uh, top 20 in total driving. So, and he's, you know, um, greens in reg. He's led that twice in the last four. Um, really, I mean, yeah, I, I don't understand why he's 80 to one. I, I, if he was 50s, you couldn't say that was short. So I don't get it. I'd expect so, him to be 50s, and then you'd probably still be considering it alongside some of the names that are up there, wouldn't you? Yeah, so, so. you know, there we are. I'm, I'm happy with the two old codgers, to be honest with you. I, I went with a player this week that I you know, probably multiple times have said that I don't think there's much value, and then this week I saw him at 80 to 1, 8 places, which has uh, evaporated in front of my eyes, unfortunately, but he's uh, 80 to 1 in uh, other places, you just want to take six places, 66 to 1 for the eight places. But it's Eric Van Royen. Um, the first thing that really caught my eye is I was looking at the, the Tom Doak Renaissance design at the Scottish Open. He's finished sixth and 14th in the two Scottish Opens that have been there. Don't think there's, you know, massive similarities in the course, etc. Um, but it's going to be wind. 
Uh, you know, it might be slightly lower this week. I don't think the forecasts are too breezy, but you know, Texas is susceptible to it. Um, you know, he's been top 27 in four of his last six events, and in most of those, he really could have gone top top 10. I know it's all ifs and buts again, but Memorial and Wentworth, he shot 76s in round one uh, and bounced back to top 21, finishes top 27. And I just think he's just been right there. Like, he's just consistently um, putting himself in the frame, getting there close at the weekend. And I just think he's going to give us a chance. And he had that sort of really good week, didn't he, in Mexico. And I thought that everyone sort of overreacted to that. And I thought he was unbackable for a little while. Um, but he showed the short game prowess there. Um, 21st at the Heritage, which obviously we've been talking about a lot. 22nd Memorial, 20th at the St. Jude Invitational. 23rd at the US Open, 6th at the Scottish Open, 27th at Wentworth. I mean, solid yeah. bank of form, isn't he? Um, and I just think that he has, you know, the short game is his thing. He loves par fives. There's five of them here. I think he was top 20 almost in, on tour last season in par five scoring. Yeah, so it's, he's he's one of those where if, if he's going to do what everyone expects him to do on the PGA Tour, this is the sort of event he can go and do it in. That's the way I kind of view it because there's going to be a mix of guys that are preparing for next week and sort of need to get a win here to get back into things. And I think that he's in that sweet spot, whereas, you know, he this is just a good chance for him to win. It's a very good point. I mean, if you go back several months um, when we previewed the Masters that wasn't, we've given Van, I think, we've given Van Ruyen a really, really good write-up. I'm not sure if yeah. we put him up for top debutant or top South African or something like that. Um, so that will be interesting to see how he plays this week because we may well be repeating whatever we said. Um, yeah, why not? It's a tidy player, isn't he? I mean, when he's on, he, he he does look very, very good when he's on. Slightly inconsistent, isn't he? But I'm sure that will come. Well, that was always um, the thing that put me off was that he, he never did seem to... When you expect him to play well and everyone sort of put him up an awful lot and it always looks to me as oh, a bit short and then he did disappoint and I was like, okay, well, I'm sort of vindicated in what my thoughts were. Um, and then all of a sudden, I kind of... It's one of those things where I always jab at, you know, Hideki for finishing in the top twenty, but but he's always been in and around the top ten, and then either fallen out or got close to it and just dropped away. And that's what Van Royen's doing. He's doing that fairly consistently in a limited bank of form on the PJ Tour. I think he's actually taken to the PJ Tour better than I probably give him credit for in the past. Mm. Um, and he's still, you know, a fairly young player. You know, um, well, I say young. He's thirty, but he's early on in his career. And uh, I just think that I was more impressed. And the more I looked into it, I sort of took a bit more time to look at how why he finished 20th and 21st and, and those sort of things and why it wasn't. And I just think that it was actually impressive to do it, especially when it's, a lot of the time it was his first look at these courses. That's always important as well. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I think that if there's any link at all in the way that Tom Doak sets up golf courses, then, you know, just take a lot of promise from the 6th and the 14th and the Scottish Open, which were good enough events in their own right. You talk about the Masters, 175 to one with 11 places next week. Um, so if he's if he goes as I expect him to this week, that will probably be 100. So be interesting way to look at that. But yeah, I think that Siwoo Kim and Van Royen were the two that kind of stood out to me, based on you know Kim mainly on his Bermuda exponents, uh, Pete Dye courses, etc. And and Van Royen, which I sort of thought before the prices come out, I sort of thought oh he's going to be sort of 50s and, and be too short. I thought it was going to be like Corey Connors type price. I thought it'd be easy to avoid. And I saw 80 to 180 places and it just made me dig into him. 
uh, and that's what I found. So I'm I'm more than happy to give him a chance. Yeah, can't argue. It'd be interesting because he's desperate to play the Masters, isn't he? So as it gets closer, it'll be it's interesting to see what he does because um, he's been buzzing for months about that. So yeah, yeah I can't argue. He's, he's he's an excellent player. Um, yeah, long enough, accurate enough. Got a nice short game. Yeah, who knows? Won't mind wind, will they? Australians, New, you know, New Zealand, South Africans, they're not going to mind any wind for sure. No, so, sorry. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. why not? Another one in that ilk is Dylan Fratelli, South African, yep. Texas player. Um, we talked about him an awful lot, haven't we? He had that little spell where he had the, the COVID, COVID, didn't he, where he had to sort of either play on his own or miss weeks. And uh, I think he's a, you know, he's a very solid player. He played really well last time out. He, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure I particularly fancy him for this sort of test, but we'll see. He... He's won the John Deere Classic, so yeah, I'm not sure on him, but I, I thought he was a reasonable price. Um, there's not a whole load of others that I'm really that interested in. Um, I've got a couple of long shots um, that I expect to... Well, one of them in particular I think is going to be talked about is Podrick Harrington. Um, had a ninth at that Scottish Open I've just been talking about um, at the Tom Dote Design. And he's playing some good golf, isn't he? Mm. He's playing very consistent golf. He was 26th last, last week, 14th at the Scottish Open, uh, 9th Scottish Championship, sorry, then 9th at the Scottish Open that we were talking about. And I just think that once, we always see it, don't we? A Furyk had a little comeback spell after the Ryder Cup fiasco. Um, and then once Podrick just put this Ryder Cup to the back of his mind and, and focus on his own golf, he sort of showed up a little bit. And I thought that he was 200 to 1 when I first looked. And... Uh, that was for eight places, and he's 201 six places, and, and 151 seven places. I don't think that's bad value, really. Um, as we've already mentioned about the 40-plus-year-olds winning, he's the type that, that can win um, still. He obviously went close. Oh, did he win the Honda Classic not that long ago? He went close. I can't remember now. Um, he won the Honda Classic in 2015, yeah, did, yeah. so it's a bit longer yeah. ago than I thought. Well, it's, it's um, 2015's last time Zach won on the tour as well. There you go. So, but yeah, he's just the type of person. He's constantly trying to evolve with the game, isn't he? Maybe too much to uh, sort of goes against his swing sometimes. But you know, he, he's constantly evolving, constantly looking at ways to get better, and that's what you want in someone that tries to win. So he's got all the the merits there. And the last sort of person I wanted to mention was Andrew Putnam. Uh, finished tied twenty first last week, um, and and the reason it sort of caught my eyes when I was looking at the PGA West, the stadium course. Um, it was a correlating course just because of the fact it was a Pete Dye and you know uh, Bermuda everywhere. And he shot 65 69 there to finish 10th uh, the American Express in January. He's been pretty much abysmal since then, missing an awful lot of cuts. Um, but he finished 21st last week and that sort of caught my eye. And he's been a, a sort of big prize for a long time for obvious reasons. Uh, he's going to go and play in his first Masters, I believe it is. So he shot a 73 in his second round last week that kind of derailed him and took away his chances but there was at least a good enough bit of golf in there and the other thing that kind of sort of caught me out was that he finished fourth in that 2019 Scottish Open yeah. um, which maybe that's the main thing that made me look at it in the first place and I just think that again if there's any similarities he's then gone and done it in another part of the world um, he was eighth in Texas in Texas Open 2018 again that's only going to benefit just think, he just he just strikes me as a player that 250 to one. You don't need him to improve an awful lot as a player to go and get in contention, you know, especially at seven places. 
No, he was the um, best putter on tour, wasn't he, at one point, I think. Andrew Putnam, wasn't he? For a while, yeah, I'm talking nonsense. Good. I'm sure he was. <laughs> well, he's um, got Putnam in his name, so... <laughs> OK, so... It, not for me, but, yeah, I can see why. I can see why you would... It was more of a prize play, just because of the way he played last week. It was sort of like a, a show of form. I know it was in a lesser event, but then you look at the links of he played one in the Scottish Open, which, again... Generally speaking, when PGA Tour players go over to Europe, they tend to stand out because yep. slightly yep. better quality, I suppose. But just just to me, it just kind of thought well, that kind of aligns with what I'm looking for. Then you look at the fact that he's played well on the stadium course, and there's just enough links there for me to think that 250 is one he was worth a play because I think this is a type of event where you can get an outsider to win. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yep. that that's about all I've got for the Houston Open. I know you weren't really that fussed about it this week. <laughs> I wasn't fussed about the Cypress showdown, so it's a fairly yeah. short podcast by our standards, but I'd I rather mean, do that than talk sensitively for no reason. Yeah, I mean, Oli Schneider, he played well last week, didn't he? Mm. Played really well. Uh, I mentioned him because he wasn't even in the odds, was he, when, when we were talking about yeah. him? Yeah, back, oh, said he yeah, back up in class uh, where he was a few years ago. Um, you know, played really, really well. Patted really, really well. His patting stats are fantastic, actually. Um, Not a hatless wonder, isn't he? He is, and uh, you know he'd be interesting um, to see if he can kick on as well from there. Um, the only other one I, I couldn't possibly back, but Bo Hoster's obviously of interest. Having yeah. lost that playoff to uh, Porter a few oh, years so ago, we hope uh, both hopes was playing this week. Yeah, I, I think I don't know what price it'd have been, but I, I would have been. On, I think I would have been on Porter this week. Uh, my old mate Russell Knox uh, played a little bit better last week as well. Um, other than that. Yeah, there are, for me, there isn't much there. I, like I say, I don't quite understand why Stuart Steele is 80 in one place now, or three. Um, I don't understand why Sink is 80 to one um, first eight. I think that absolutely stands out on a price price point. To me, it's yeah. just it's just constantly they're thinking it's just not going to last. Not going to do it. Yeah, but but you, you yeah. Why okay. back it? Why bet against that? Just wait until it happens. And then James Hahn's playing well. He's a, not he's, on the West Coast, though. Is no, but it? he's exactly he's. A, He's the same price as Stuart Sink. Yeah, well, that and to I me, because on form he should be. Afraid. But you have to look at what he does in golf, and he, he, you know, if he's on the West Coast, he's excellent. He wins out of the blue when he's missed ten cuts in a row, and then wins. That's what he does. Yes, he does. Yeah, he's an incre- he's incredibly gifted, uh, and he's and he is a winner when he gets in contention. So I'd never put anybody off betting him, but I would just just think about the fact that it's not the West Coast of America that would be a big factor for me just to you know another little bit on Schneider hands is that he was I think he was hoping that he could take his uh, top 10 onto the RSM um, because that was I don't know if it was the first place he played but he certainly played well there in the past at the top six but when you look at it I mean he had a third in the heritage which I'm putting a, a, an emphasis on when people probably haven't he had a 16th in the players and that was last year when mm. you know he was out of sorts Shot 65 third round and 18th in the Valero Texas Open when he first came on tour. You know, there, there's certainly signs there that sort of suggest that he might go better than even he thinks he will this week. Yeah, um, I think 25 is, is, is very fair, isn't it? Well, I think the, the thing with that is that, you know, you give 125 last week, you'd have sort of gone, oh, well, I want to see him do it back on the PGA Tour again because yeah, he's sort yeah. of been improving on the Corn Ferry. But he's done it now, hasn't he? Absolutely. Um, you know, and again, when you look at his his figures, he had a seventh, tenth, twelfth, and eighth from the corn ferry, but it was very hit and miss. He had like a lot of miscuts in between, so it was hard to gauge. But he's done, he's come back. He's done 
if he's, you know, 80% of the player he was when he first came out on tour, he's someone that can win this sort of event. Um, I know that's, you know, maybe a bit weird to say when he hasn't won a PGA Tour event, but he had that potential, didn't he? Everyone was excited about him. It's that stinger that everyone gets excited about. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he goes. I'm, I'm really hoping that he does come back to form because I think we've seen a lot of players that maybe fell away, lost their way a bit early on in their sort of career, um, and they're all sort of showing signs of coming back now, and, and hopefully he's one of them. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't mind seeing him play well at all. I, I think it's... I mean, you are... I think the eight places is, is absolutely vital. Um, I can't see all the names being out of the frame. Um, what price is he? So, okay, he's a hundred. He's a hundred. You can get eight places. Yeah, you are hoping he comes on a bit, aren't you? But there's plenty of, I won't say rubbish, but there's plenty of moderate stuff in between him and the top, isn't there? So, why not? I mean, there's there's literally uh, maybe ten names I'd probably draw a line through between him and the top in the betting, just on. Not even just price alone, but just I don't believe they can win. Um, yes. So yeah. yeah, we we often, or I certainly compare uh, players based on their value. Don't know how you know Zach Johnson's good value at fifties because Corey Connors is fifties ones. And I'm not mm-hmm. even doing that. I'm just basically saying that there's a lot of players in there that I don't think can win. Um, you know, there's a lot of players that are out of form that are on there on name value. There's a lot of players that are you know not quite as good as their odds. You know, Harold Varner's always short because everyone likes Harold Varner. Uh, yeah. I like Harold Varner. I just don't think he can win the golf tournament. So, um, you know, it's as simple as that. I think it's best to wrap up our picks and then we can have any sort of rants that we had. I haven't actually rant free weekend apart from the, you know, the, the Prime Minister and, and things like that. But I don't know if I want to bring that into the golf podcast. No, we won't go, poli- we won't go political. No, I mean, ranting about food and golf country is one thing, but ranting about a nation is another, isn't it? So let's, let's summarise our Cyprus showdown picks, first of all, and I will take the lead on that so that you can Find me a bit turn, of paper. turn your pages. <laughs> I'm going to have to get you a tablet in the in the new year. I don't want a to... tablet. Well, you no, know, you need tablets to calm you down as well, which is, you know, anyway, cheap gag once again. Sammy Vellamaki, 33, 35, 30 to whatever you want to take about him, whatever company suits you i don't think the play terms really bothers me in this kind of event i just expect him to to win or finish second so um i don't mind where you do it so he is my one and done although i will give a nod to johannes vehman as well who i think that is showing sort of signs and potential and maybe could be a good player in the future okay um garrett kigo um future superstar has to be backed uh, this is based on 36 hole stuff um not the outright i've got you know, I'll have another look. I'm not doing another podcast Friday night and then Saturday night. Um, we'll tweet it, I suppose, and and we'll sort of, you know, link in the the, the at loss for words podcast or loss for pod or whatever we call these days. Um, so Garrett Kigo, future superstar, play it how you want. I'm putting him up. Uh, Matt Jordan, who I think is improving, um, hand over fist, um, and probably would have been top ten last week. Jason Scrivener, I've been very very impressed with him recently. Um, like him a lot and I'm going to go Adrian Moronk for first round leader which is real dangerous um, yeah just because he's got some immense opening rounds and, and he's a massive hitter and if it's on a going day he can shoot ridiculously low so yeah nothing major 
Um, but if you want your life savings on Higo, then you know I don't blame you. <laughs> Nothing major, but yeah, piling on, piling on Higo. It will let me down a, this week. Potentially yeah. a major winner, but yeah. Um, no, look, I think it's a, an interesting event to watch, but not one that we massively invest in in terms of betting, are we? Uh, over to the Houston Open. Um, there's there's certainly some players that you want to keep an eye on ahead of next week. Um, basically, the top sort of five or six in the betting, you're hoping they're going to uh, sort of show some form if you want to bet them. Um, there's some players like Jason Day and Sergio that yeah. you want to sort of see if they're okay. Well, um, you can't tell with him, Jason Day. That's the problem. He'd no. be leading by four on the 72nd and be draw. <laughs> it's flipping nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. Anyway, sorry, Cam. Back, back, uh, back to the selections and... Siwoo Kim was the first one that caught my eye. He was 66 to 1 when I started talking. He's now 50 to 1. Still think there's value in the 50 to 1. Um, not sure there's eight places available on that now, but if there's seven places, that's fine as well. And um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, Eric Van Royen was the other one. Again, he was 80 to 1. There's now sort of 80 to 1 is drying up quickly. 66 to 1. Wouldn't go any lower than that. Uh, and then a couple of outsiders in Podrick Harrington at 157 places. And Andrew Putnam at 250, whatever places you like, because no one else seems to believe he can win. Um, so, yeah, and over to you on those ones as well. Uh, yeah, Zach Johnson's the first one. Again, fairly obvious. Um, playing well, you know, um, another old git that can win. Uh, no, I mean, obviously, he's got form in the right places and, and he's playing really consistently well and, and still maybe on a nice little run. And the standout for me, Stuart Sink at 80 to 1, first eight places. Got no idea why is that price. Can't work it out. If anybody knows, let me know. Actually, I will, you know, I, I was sort of debating, wasn't I, about Russell Henley. I think eight places, 25 to 1, although the 25 to 1 is not that generous. The, the eight yeah, places at 25 to 1, I think, is yeah, fair. So that's I think fair. that's worth a bet. Uh, so Henley, Siwoo Kim, Van Royen, Harrington, and Putnam makes up for the fact that I didn't really have a bet in the Cyprus other than Valamaki. Um, any order of business in terms of food-related yes. rants? No, not in food-related, but I do want to plug related. somebody that I think, if anybody's half serious about golf punting, should be following, which is Matt on Twitter, at SGT2Green. There's plenty of – oh, there's plenty. There's a couple of um, sites that you pay for to get this uh, strokes gained stuff that you know we look at and I'm sure the golf writers look at. Um, but Matt puts up um, the strokes – gained round by round he answers questions if you've got a, a player's um, final strokes gained he'll answer questions anybody that he doesn't put up if he's put up the top 10 so i mean okay we look at a, a pay site which i'm not going to advertise because you know we pay for it so they can pay us if they want us to advertise it um matt puts it up so i'm looking at his tweet from the other day he's got the top 10 finishers at cyprus and he's got all their strokes gained off the tee approaching around the green patting tee to green and total for all four rounds so you know, big up to Matt. Um, you know, he could be very well entitled to put this on a website and charge. At the moment, he doesn't. So he's got 500 and whatever his followers at the moment. So I think people should should be following him. So it's uh, at SGT2Green. That's my only any other business this week. Oh, so we're, we're rant free, which is always nice. Uh, SGT2Green. Um, very important to mention as well. I think it's just European Tour, isn't it? That he does that for, not the PGA yeah, Tour, if yes. I'm right. Um, but that... I think that plays because uh, a couple of reviews we've had recently um, and a couple of people that have sort of spoken to us in messages and, and tweets, uh, they like the podcast because we talk about the European Tour and a lot of them don't. 
So there's another tool, isn't it? You know, speak yeah. to Matt on Twitter, he'll help you out. Um, so yeah, great stuff there. Uh, it's a big one next week, isn't it, Jason? Big, yeah, we've got a big interview Wednesday, haven't we? Oh, we have. Yeah, well, we won't give. We won't, won't give tell the you name it is, away. Big interview Wednesday. Really, really looking forward to that. I'll be having a few drinks before that one. Um, I'm sure our guest will as well. <laughs> yeah. Unless uh, he's, next unless week, he's yeah, next up, week is the. Um, <laughs> next week is is something in it quite important, isn't it? It is. Yes, it's be the, interesting uh, the thing where see. you get your jacket for winning rather than you know anything else. But be really interesting to see to see how this goes. Um, yeah, I've absolutely no idea how it, how it's. Don't say that. We've got everyone to listen to our masters. No, no, I don't mean how it's going to go. I just mean in terms of where it is in the program, the weather. Um, certainly for us over here, you know, dark, dank. You don't expect that during masters time. Um, you know, we're dark up our three now, aren't we? Well, um, early finishing again as well, isn't it? Like it was the, yes, last it year. Yeah, yeah. it just, it just, it's, it's fascinating as much as it is the masters where we all have. We, you know, everybody does that. You know. Um, uh, Dave Tyndall does the, um, you know, the the rules of the Masters or whatever it was, mm. uh, and there are rules that you follow. It's just going to be fascinating to see if they are, are legitimately um, valid at this time of year, where it is in this schedule. It's just, yeah, it's 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 something different, isn't it? Um, yeah, we'll see. I still fancy Xander, but uh, I'm, I'm sure somebody will, you know, somebody will pop up at a, a bigger price. Um, just just be interested to see how they're doing it. It looks totally fake, doesn't it, at the moment, Augusta, mm. um, which is a bit of a bit of a concern. But I know, it is what it is. That so, you know, maybe they should just cancelled it and left it till April and not had one this year. But we'll see. Anybody who wants to lump on Tiger at 35? Uh, yeah, I'm not standing in the queue. Don't worry. <laughs> I won't be in your way. Um, but yeah, I just it, I find it. I don't know if I will, whether it will kick in next week. I haven't quite got as excited. As soon as they sort of released those videos, everyone was getting really excited. Um, and, you know, no, they weren't. They were just shouting the screen because they weren't showing <laughs> the European tournament. The November Masters, you know, I think that it's one of those events that they will try and get on at any sort of, you know, whatever happens, they'll try and play, and play it, which obviously makes sense. Um, I think they tried, I think they were hoping in November that they'd be able to get patrons in uh, they can't so they're selling their sandwich filler online which is absolute genius by the way i think there's like a 150 care package to sell these uh whatever it is pimento cheese sandwiches which i'm sure are better than they sound um but yeah i you know i will get excited for it i know i'll get excited for it but it hasn't kicked in yet so we'll be able to analyze it without all the excitement and then uh, and then get excited hopefully we'll have our our regular major preview on with us on uh, on Monday night, I believe it'll be, mm. um, and we'll go from there. But uh, I think that kind of sums up everything for the week. Hopefully, we're yep. allowed to talk done, to one mate. another. We, we can't see one another, but hopefully, we can talk to one another come next Monday. Yep, hopefully. Right, thanks, so much, Jason. Mm-hmm.